Welcome to the Silver Screen Podcast. I'm Jared Boomer. And I'm Katie Ganey. This is a podcast about movies and pop culture. And we are continuing our series of movies that we've never seen here on episode 70 of the show with probably the worst movie from 2019, and that is Cats, directed by Tom Hooper. (laughs) That is not an understatement, Jared. This was It is so, (laughs) so bad. Box office bomb, lost a ton of money. Won multiple Razzie awards for, um, you know, how bad it was. So wild. Um, So we'll talk about cats here in just a minute. But first off the top of the show, we wanted to touch on the death of Chadwick Boseman, who passed away since our last episode was recorded at the age of 43 due to colon cancer, of course, starring in Black Panther, numerous Avengers movies, uh, 42, where he played Jackie Robinson, other film roles as well, The Five Bloods, which we just covered a few months ago here on the show. Um, so very sad to lose him at such a young age. A great actor, especially in, in the Black Panther movie as T'Challa. Um, really, That's just a really great movie, and a lot of kids look up to him as a superhero and, you know, dress up as him for Halloween and, you know, want, just really like that character. So it's always sad when somebody passes away, especially at such a young age. And he really didn't even tell anybody except his close family and friends that he had colon cancer. There's been articles that have come out that said even Disney really didn't know that he had that and he was in, you know, numerous movies for them throughout the years. So definitely kept it more of a private situation and, and, you know, did his very best to the very end, but very sad to, to see him pass last week. Absolutely. I, I cried right when Mm -hmm. I saw the news and I, I always, uh, I know I bring up every time we talk about people dying, how my dad's good to remind me and anyone in general that no one's more important than anybody else. But I would definitely say out of celeb deaths this year, Chadwick Boseman was the saddest for me alongside Nick Cordero, who was the Broadway star that I followed his wife's journey. Mm -hmm. And both of them, what they had in common, I would say is just like fighting until the very end. And also just like Chadwick, especially keeping that private. I don't think he did it for any kind of notoriety. I think that was just, he chose to, to die with whatever the dignity he wanted, the way he wanted to pass. But I'm just amazed. I read that he filmed all of black Panther 42 when he was Jackie Robinson. I mean, all of these movies, he already had cancer. And I think if I read it correctly, he was diagnosed with stage three and then it Mm -hmm. went to stage four, but to even know right off the bat, colon cancer, I think is one of the worst as far as cure like what we, what we know about it. And then to, to already start at stage three and then know what that probably means. But I have not heard one horrible thing about him. And I mean, pre death, like I had never heard a negative word about Chadwick. So I think that speaks volumes, but yeah, this was, I mean, he's no important than the thousands, the hundreds of thousands of people that have died from COVID. But I just think, man, that was sad and also sad to the black community, what a difference he made to all these kids who got to see him as T'Challa. Mm-hmm. But wow. yeah, very sad. Uh, diagnosed with colon cancer when he was either 38 or 39. So not that old um, to be diagnosed mm-hmm. with cancer and then passing away at the age of, of 43. So definitely has been getting the word out about colon cancer and to get tested even younger. I mean, they say not to get tested till you're, you know, around your 50s. Um, but obviously mm-hmm. we see in this case that he contracted it and, you know, got it in his thirties. So definitely if something, you know, go get tested if you feel like something weird is going on or something's up or your body doesn't feel right or anything like that. Um, it's always better to, to be safe on that side of things than, you know, 
to to wait and let it prolong. So, and I think the reason too that he didn't, you know, reveal his diagnoses to anybody is because then I think partially he could have been, you know, judged in his movies. I think people would have been like, oh, mm-hmm. he was really good in that movie for somebody that has cancer. And I don't think he wanted right. that to be like, you know, hanging over his roles. He just wanted to be judged and, you know, be graded on how good he was in a film. So, you know, you watch Black Panther and you see just how great he was in that movie when nobody knew that he had cancer and it was just, you know, he's just really good actor in this particular role and in in a lot of Mm -hmm. movies he was in in general. So, and props to ABC too for, uh, he died on a Friday and then Sunday night they showed Black Panther in its entirety with no commercials. So I thought that was really cool how they just, awesome. you know, showed I that to know honor that. to honor him. And then they had a special on after that, that was hosted by Robin Roberts, kind of about his life and legacy and all that stuff. So they put that together really fast, wow. but I thought that was really cool that they, you know, said sometimes when you think of ways to honor people and you know, how can we celebrate people's life and stuff like that? Sometimes the best way is to just watch, you know, their work or listen to their work if they're yeah, a musician or something definitely. like that. So I think that was a really good way to to honor him. So R.I.P. Way to go ABC. Yeah. R.I.P. to Chadwick Boseman, though, passing away at the age mm-hmm. of, of 43. Mm-hmm. So and then my only other news item that I have is when we're recording this, Mulan comes out tomorrow on Disney Plus. You have to pay an extra oh, yes. $30 to watch $30, it, though. $30, people. But Disney announced that in three months, so on December 4th, they will add it to the regular library, basically. So you won't have to pay any extra for oh. it. Then you'll be able to just watch it if you have a Disney Plus subscription, just like, you know, you watched Hamilton or, or Onward or Frozen 2 or anything else that has kind of come out since the pandemic started. So three-month wait for Mulan, which I'm okay with. That's really not that long. I thought it would be longer, yeah. so... Now we can consider doing it because yep. I already have Disney. That's great. That's really good news. Thank you for sharing it. So yes. now I have something to look forward to in December. Yes. So if you want to watch it early, again, it'll be $30. But if you want to wait, then just wait till December and then it'll be on there, you know, for, for free. I mean, with your Disney Plus subscription. So mm-hmm. and I'm not sure how they're going to set up the uh, the premium, you know, version of Disney Plus or whatever. But I would just be careful if you have kids that they can't just, you know, log in there and hit a button and then there's a $30 <laughs> charge on your oh, debit yeah. card from Mulan. So I'm not sure how they're going to like handle that. I'm interested to see how that kind of rolls out tomorrow. But I mean, Disney Plus, a lot of kids watch Disney Plus. So I feel like mm-hmm. you can't make it too easy to buy stuff on there. It's like those stories you hear of, you know, kids getting their parents' cell phone and downloading 20 apps <laughs> and their parents have a bill for $100. So <laughs> definitely got to be careful with that one. So that's all the news for today, though. We do have one correction um and that is from our zero dark 30 episode yes this is my fault again but um i really appreciate i have a friend who works in the government um and he pointed out to me i should have known this i'm kind of upset that i didn't catch this but when we talked about zero dark 30 we talked about cia um people being called uh agents they are actually referred to as officers and that's all roles so so nobody is referred to as an agent Um, But there's a really great page that I read that's on CIA.gov. If you do go to that, there is a page called Top 10 CIA Myths, and it was really interesting. So if you're kind of into that type of thing, please look at it. Mm. And thank you very much to my friend who pointed that out. He was very kind about it. I just was like, oh, crap, I should have caught that. (laughs) So that's our only correction. And then we do have a few recommendations for this week. My only recommendation is a documentary that is on HBO Um, Max right now and it's called Class Action Park. It's about a theme park that is called Action Park 
that was mm. in New Jersey, and it was one of the like most dangerous amusement parks known to man. Like multiple people got injured, some people unfortunately oh. died there. Um, like it was just not very safe at all. They had wild rides. They had like a water slide that like did a loop de loop and like. All kinds mm-hmm. of stuff. So if you're interested in learning about that, you can just watch it on HBO Max. They interview people that used to work at the park, people that like went to the park as kids. And um, it's just kind of crazy to to learn how this park like operated without a ton of like safety standards and stuff. <laughs> wow, that so, does sound interesting. Yeah, it's on HBO Max. It's not that long. It's like hour and 45 minutes, I think. But uh, Check that one out if you want to, you know, learn more about that theme park in New Jersey and just how how wild that was. Dang. Well, I don't have a ton of recommendations either, really. Um, I have started watching The Morning Show on Apple TV, and I think I'm on the fourth episode, so I'm about halfway through. I really like it. I know that you had started. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know a lot of people, at least it hasn't come up with a lot of friends that they have Apple TV, so I haven't asked if a lot of people are watching it. But I definitely got so much more into it after the first episode. I cared about the first episode, but I couldn't tell where it was going, and now mm-hmm. I'm like sucked in. Um but again, that's on Apple TV. It is nominated for multiple Emmys and uh, Reese Witherspoon's company, production company, Hello Sunshine, produced that show. It's her and Jennifer Aniston. And I read another great book. It was a book of the month pick. It wasn't one that I bought. My mom, I gifted my mom book of the month for a couple months during the pandemic. And she got this book and raved about it. And so uh, she sent it to me. It's called A Good Marriage by Kimberly McCrate. Mm. That's M-C-C-R-E-I-G-H-T. It was so good. It's definitely my type of thing. I love any kind of legal thriller. Um, This is absolutely that. A lot of it takes place in the courtroom, and it's definitely a thriller. And it is about this couple that they have a marriage, but it might not be what it seems. And of course, one of them dies, and it's very dramatic. I love it. And then lastly... (laughs) I did. I can't believe it, but I finished the books I wanted to finish for August by the skin of my teeth. I finished at midnight, like by midnight that night. Um, So September has started and I am officially reading Harry Potter, rereading Harry Potter. So I'll let you know how that goes. But if anyone's like me and you're really like upset by the news or you just kind of need a break and something hopeful that's not like negative all the time, I highly recommend reading or watching Harry Potter because it it gets you out of that dark hole. (laughs) It definitely does. So, and did mm-hmm. enjoy them when I read them. I mean, there's no denying that the world that J.K. Rowling sets up and the characters and everything are just so unique and different from yes. really a lot of stuff that came out before that. And multiple things have kind of copied Harry Potter since, you know, Harry Potter came out, like set in, you know, with magic or with witches and wizards and things like that. But definitely an original concept there. And, you know, the Harry Potter books are some of the best selling books of all time. So if you haven't read those, mm-hmm. then like you said, they're, they're definitely more uplifting and kind of transport you to a, to a world that is just magical and, you know, makes you forget about the real world for a little bit, which is kind of nice. So, <laughs> right. Right. So those are all our recommendations. Should we go ahead and get into this? Should we, should we talk I about guess. cats? I guess I do hope people listen to this. <laughs> Don't start it off. This is, this is noteworthy. <laughs> this is the first movie you and I have covered that we both hated, like full-blown hated. Yep. Because normally, that's the benefit of having your own podcast. You can be selective. Like, even when people have given us ideas, we've usually picked the movie that sounds better to us or mm-hmm. that we know did better, like, with critics and stuff. So this movie, I'm glad that we challenged ourselves, but I will take full responsibility. It was my fault we watched this. So I apologize publicly to you. 
Also, first off, before we get into this talking about cats, this movie costs <laughs> $6 to rent on any, like, oh you know, Amazon, YouTube. Yes. It's $6. Dollars. It is the most expensive one that we have done for one of these f- flashback throwback reviews. Most of them are in the three to four dollar uh, range, and this one was six bucks. I was furious, <laughs> furious. But we only had like two days left, and I was like, you know what? We've committed. I gotta He's bite the bullet. Already watched it. <laughs> And then I texted you and you hadn't watched it, but I was like, whatever, let's just, let's yeah. do it. So if you're looking to watch Cats, it is $6 to rent, $6. which is not and an not, insane amount. It's not even worth, but but it's worth maybe $1. Yeah. Who knows if it's even worth a dollar. <laughs> so a release December 20th of 2019. That's right, baby. They said, we're going to put this thing out at Christmas because it is going to do great at the box office, which it didn't. We'll get to that in a minute. Rated PG. It, I don't know if that's a good rating or not. I mean, it could honestly be rated I, PG. It's kind of creepy in some parts. Like, I don't think I, I would mean, want my cre- kids I to watch like, this. <laughs> I do think PG is fair, though, because yeah. PG-13, I feel like some of the movies now really shouldn't be PG-13 because they're even crazier. Like, yeah, they should be R. That's true. So, so I feel like fine with PG's that. appropriate, but... Regardless, I wouldn't advise, I wouldn't recommend this movie to anyone, but I definitely wouldn't recommend it for kids. I feel like the ratings board was also like, we don't really know how to rate this. It's a bunch of cats, CGI, right. dancing around. What should, what do you think, guys? PG, that sounds good. Okay, right. we'll go with that. Um, rated PG for some rude and suggestive humor, all involving cats. Uh, it's an hour and 50 <laughs> minutes. IMDb, it's a 2.8 out of 10. One of the it has to be the lowest movie that we've it's, ever reviewed. It's not the lowest. I oh. actually looked this up today. It's twenty fifth. Okay, twenty fifth. <laughs> wow, out of all the movies made, this is the twenty fifth yeah. worst one on IMDb. So, yeah. critics on Rotten Tomatoes. Can I tell oh, you? Yes. <laughs> sorry. Can I tell you? I'm sorry. Um, another movie that was in the top twenty five is from Justin to Kelly, and I <laughs> hope some people who listen to this know what I'm referring to. I loved that movie when it came out, although I was hardly the critic that I am now. Not that I'm even a good critic now, but um, I love Kelly Clarkson, and I saw Kelly and Justin, I saw the whole, the top 10 of American Idol, the first season ever. Yeah. I saw them on their tour. Like I went to a concert Ooh. and it was fantastic. I went with my mom. And so I, and I also thought, I thought Justin Guarini was cute in a weird way. Like he wasn't someone that I put a poster of him on my wall. Um, and I was getting too old for that anyway, but I loved that movie. I don't think I could watch it now, but I will own up to this. I used to have it on DVD, but I got rid of it. Nice. So Sometimes, but I just think that's a bit harsh. Yeah, when you're younger, you know, sometimes you you love a movie that isn't like super well respected, <laughs> but you just love it. Like my sister loved the Lizzie McGuire movie. Is that a great oh, movie? Maybe not, no. but like for her, but she cute. loved it. So yeah. I also really liked On the Line, which had Joey Fatone and Lance Bass from NSYNC in it and Emmanuel Shriki. I don't even have to look these things up. I remember them so well. But oh. I used to own that one as well, but I did get rid of it. But I mean, I think it all just depends on what stage you're at in life. Yes. And uh, if you're if you're not highly critical of the cinema, then who cares? Exactly. So Back to Cats, <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes, 20% critics, 53% audience. That's a high audience score for this movie. Um, you know? Like, yeah. that's kind of, I would expect that to be more towards the critics. So also, IMDb is kind of accurate, but yeah, Rotten Tomatoes' yeah, audience I is high. <laughs> I didn't pick any critics that said nice things about this movie, but there were a couple. Oh, and I just thought, okay. who, what movie were you watching? Because there's no way we're talking about the same yeah. film. Uh, box office twenty seven dollar or twenty seven dollars twenty seven million dollars <laughs> domestically seventy three million dollars worldwide. This movie costs about a hundred million dollars to make, and then after like marketing and everything, like they 
they lost a lot of money on this. Universal did. So, um, you know, it's estimated that Universal lost maybe like 100 to $125 million on this movie. So oh after my. all the costs and, you know, everything. And, you know, coming out at Christmas, wow. you're going to, if your movie's coming out at Christmas, you're going to run a lot of TV commercials and like, you know, ads on Facebook mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like just because it's a Christmas movie. So you, you know, you're expecting a big crowd. So. If you don't know, the synopsis for Cats and some other crazy information. This is executive produced by Steven Spielberg, Andrew Lloyd Webber, who, you know, was responsible for the Broadway musical, and Angela Morrison. Mm -hmm. Now, fun fact, on the DVD releases of this movie, Steven Spielberg requested that his name be taken off of there as an executive producer. So if you were to buy this on DVD or Blu-ray, his name would not be on the back of the box, like where the little they do little credits in very small font on the back of the DVD case. So yeah, he didn't want to be on there though. Um, if you don't know, it played for 21 years on Broadway. That's a record. Did almost 9,000 performances, and it was based on T. S. Eliot's Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats, which is a poetry <laughs> book from what the 30s, I believe. Is that I think I think that's right. And T.S. Eliot's good. I, I'm just like the whole thing. This entire thing just baffles me. So the synopsis and this is literally all that happens. So this one line is this whole two hour movie. Are you ready? A tribe of cats called the Jellicles must decide yearly which one will ascend to the heavy side layer and come back to a new Jellicle life. And that's it. And then they all sing songs about why they should be at the heavy side layer. And then at the end of the movie, one gets to go and that's it. So that's that's the yep. whole movie. Uh, yep. Katie's going to do some critics reviews now for this movie, which, again, the critics not very high on this one. <laughs> yes. So this is Richard Roper of the Chicago Sun-Times. As the trailer suggested, the enduring stage musical is a bad fit for the big screen. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself. Oh. Yep. Next up, we have John Anderson of the Wall Street Journal. He says, artistically, it's a hairball. There's no story to speak of. Mr. Weber's music is immediately forgettable. And like a cat standing at an open door, it takes forever to get where it's going. That might be my favorite review. Because like I said, I do love the I no love story. This next one. <laughs> the next one is so good for me. This one is by Scott Tobias of NPR. NPR. He says, It's hard to know how to react to cats other than to gape in slack-jawed amazement that the dare has continued for so long. (laughs) And then then we have one more. This is one of our best friends. We love to quote him. James Berardinelli of Real Views says, There isn't much more to cats than the experience of sitting back and watching weird-looking performers pretending to be cats while gyrating to Andrew Lloyd Webber's songs. And that is basically the whole movie. He summed it up pretty yeah, well there. We just gave it away. Spoiler alert <laughs> everywhere. That is the movie. This is directed yeah. by Tom Hooper, who famously on this movie uh, finished it like day, hours before the premiere. Because there's a quote of him basically saying like, yeah, I just got it done. Um, I think you're going to be pretty happy with this. Um, and I just finished <laughs> it right before the premiere. So it's pretty wild. Wow. I'm trying to find the exact quote that he said for this but i don't i don't remember it so um i i don't remember what he said there but he basically like finished it right before the world premiere um so he was like it's new for everybody because nobody's seen any of it yet except me and somebody else should have watched it before (laughs) just just him before they released it so um and tom hooper has directed other things including the king's speech which won a best picture and won best director oscar for that in 2011 with uh, Colin yep. Firth. He's also directed The Danish Girl, 
and Les Mis. So this is his second mm-hmm. musical Broadway to movie adapt adaptation of a stage show. So that I did feel bad for him though because he did because Les Mis. I really liked it. I'm I'm proud to say like I really yeah. liked the musical version. I love the version that's not a musical too. Um, but I also just love that story in general. But some people really were were hard on that one as well. So I don't know if that's a sign to him that maybe musicals should not be the genre he goes down. But um, I don't know. I I did notice that though because the King's Speech and the Danish Girl are fantastic. Yeah, those are really good. So maybe he should just stick to historical movies mm-hmm. instead of, mm-hmm. you know, musicals. Normally when you're a director too, you kind of s- try to stick to like one genre or type of genre normally. Um, there are some directors that obviously veer outside of that. But like sometimes like people find their lane and they just kind of stick with that. You know, like Christopher Nolan is like, I'm going to do science fiction action movies. And, yeah. you know, other directors are like, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do animated movies or whatever. But he's like, I'm going to do historical dramas and musicals. <laughs> Those are going to be my movies. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll take a quick break here on the Silver Screen Podcast and then we will get into our thoughts and our, our feelings on Cats. And we're back here on the Silver Screen Podcast talking about Cats, released last year based on the Broadway musical by Andrew Lloyd Webber. This stars a lot of people. We're not going to go through them all individually. We're just going to kind of list them off. Also, this is like an ensemble, and they all just pop up for a few minutes anyway. So there's only really Francesca Hayward is the one that's kind of in the whole movie. Everybody else just kind of pops in and out. So. If you would like to, you can list off everybody that agreed to be in this movie for some reason. Yeah, I I did think it was important to note who was in this because it is amazing to me that this was the cast and the movie was the result. So please keep that in mind as I read off this list. Francesca Hayward, Robbie Fairchild, Lori Davidson, Idris Elba, Dame Judi Dench, Sir Ian McKellen, James Corden, Rebel Wilson, Jason Derulo, Jennifer Hudson, Danny Collins, Naum, I believe it's, uh, Na- I think it's Naum, but okay. I could be wrong. Please forgive me. Naum Morgan and Taylor Swift. So that's the cast. That's the top build only. This cast was insanely large. Um, but the, the result doesn't really add up to all the big names, Oscar winners, uh, Tony winners and stuff in this cast. Also, I found the Tom Hooper quote, if you would like me yes. to share it with you. It's from, this was a, love ver- a variety article. He said, I finished it at 8 a.m. yesterday after 36 hours in a row. I just put the finishing touches on, so I'm very happy to be here with it fully finished, Hooper told Variety on the red carpet. This is at the premiere. He added with a laugh, the premiere should be the first time people get to see it. And this is genuinely a premiere. Let the audience decide, but I think we've come a long way since that first trailer. Oh, gosh. The audience did decide, and it wasn't good, Tom. <laughs> no, it was uh, Jared, <laughs> I have breaking news as okay. we're recording this. What is it? I just saw it because I get little smart news updates. Uh-huh. Robert Pattinson just t- tested positive for coronavirus. They have halted the Batman production. Yeah, I saw that just a little bit ago um, as Stop well. Stop it. Are so. you beating me to this? Are you one-upping me? <laughs> I forgot to put it in the news because I saw it like 30 That's minutes it. before we recorded. But uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I just found out. So Jared is on top of it. Also, I did see yesterday that The Rock and his wife mm-hmm. and his daughters all got COVID. Yeah. Yep. We wish them well. We hope everyone's okay. But that is the movie news right now. Batman yes, has so. halted. Batman has halted production because Robert the Pattinson. Batman. Excuse Excuse me, yes. the Batman. And at first they were like an unidentified crew member has contracted coronavirus on the set of the Batman. Mm-hmm. And then it got out that it was Robert Pattinson. And they're like, just say that it's mm-hmm. Robert Pattinson. <laughs> so, 
Yes, uh, Batman production has been paused as of right now. But Cats production uh, never really got going very well in the first place. So um, some thoughts we had during this movie. Uh, this movie yeah. is not good. Um, you yeah. know, how can a movie with this many I, talented people be so bad? Lots of things. How, why did we do this to ourselves? Yes. Um, why did people think this would be good to make into a film? Exactly. And I don't know about you, but when I, um, you know, went to look for this on on Amazon, I had to type in the full name. Like, it did not want to show it to me. Like, I typed so, oh in. Oh, my gosh. Me, too. I typed in so CA is- and it was like, you want to watch Cars? And I was like, no, not Cars, <laughs> although that is probably a better movie, you know. Jared, that is so funny you mentioned it because I was actually even more angry that I paid six dollars because before that I paid four to watch a Broadway version Oh, you bought the um, that long they had one? on video. <laughs> yes, but then, but I immediately canceled that. I got my money back. Okay. But technically, I spent over ten dollars trying to watch the worst film ever made. So, uh, some likes for this movie. There's not many. We're gonna move into dislikes <laughs> fairly quickly on this one. Um, some likes. The choreography is kind of cool in certain it's sequences. Good. Like not mm-hmm. some are weird, but other ones like the first song in the movie, the Jellicle Cat song or whatever. It's pretty good. Um, and then, like, when they do some songs later on, like the Taylor Swift song, the McCavity song, like the choreography is kind of cool during that. Um, so there's definitely some some places where there's good choreography. Um, so this is one of the few likes of the movie. Well, and I did want to point out, because, you know, I've mentioned many times how obsessed I am with ballet. Um, Francesca Hayward, she's a principal dancer in the Royal Ballet. Um, and she also, oddly enough, we're the same height. Just wanted to point that out. Um, but she is a phenomenal dancer. So it it was it did not um, it did not escape me how beautiful her dancing was. And I did want to acknowledge that. And I thought I thought the choreography was really good. Like if you turned the sound off and didn't care about any sort of plot, this is a great movie to watch. But yeah, I, that was that's one of my only likes. Yeah, unfortunately, you have to listen to the movie as well as watch yeah. it. So another yeah. like are the sets. The sets are kind of cool. The production design is neat on some things. Mm-hmm. Um, so they did a good job there as well. Yes, I did like the set. I especially liked that they had real things um, in New York City like the, that you would see that are on Broadway. But then they had a bunch of places, too, where the marquee was set to have like a cute cat play on words or whatever. So I thought that was also cute. And I thought it was neat, too, that they had bars. They had places to go into like humans would have to go into. Yeah. My only problem with some of the sets, though, is some of the things were like, I mean, I know they wanted to do like big size things because they're small cats, but like some things the sizing of them like didn't make sense. Like at one point a cat stands up like stretches like, and there's a chair and the cat is like Mm -hmm. twice as tall as the like seat of the chair. And I'm like, I don't know how tall you think cats are, but they aren't Mm -hmm. like three feet tall normally. Um, so like there's just some situations where, and then like the car at the beginning of the movie, like it pulls up and it's a normal size car. But like they're all cats. So oh, and can we talk about too the bag? So the lady carries the bag and discards the cat. Yeah. And it looks like it's a tiny bag with a tiny kitten, and then out comes a regular size nice adult. Person. Cat. <laughs> it was just bizarre. Yes, that was very weird. Um, you also did like the Ian McKellen song, um, as your your yeah, favorite song yeah. of the movie. <laughs> Thank you. I did want to point out, I mean, I, I know we're crapping really hard in this movie, but I will say I, I tried to think because I had a friend. I talked to my friend Bill today about this. First of all, I do want to let you know I did read. I told him the synopsis. He said, just explain it to me. And I said the Jellicle sentence or whatever. And he was like, but what else happens? And I was like, nope, that's it. That's, that's it. the plot. The Jellicle um, ball, baby. 
Yeah, that was a real that was a real thing that happened. Um, but uh, he did make a good point. He was like, was there any song you liked or any acting? And I said, no good acting. None of it. Mm-mm. Except I did like Ian McKellen's song was the one that I thought was the most well done. And I kind of I probably smirked a little while I was watching it. Not a full blown smile. There was never a smile, yeah. but. Um, my He's two, cute. I love him. Two favorite ones, and they kind of and they happened back to back. Was uh, Skimble Shanks the Railway Cat? I thought that was kind of cool. Like the choreography mm-hmm. during that was good, and like the song was, I thought you know upbeat and kind of fun. And then the Taylor Swift song, the McCavity song, is right after that, and I thought hers was pretty good too. I mean, she's an actual musician, so you kind of expect yeah. that. But hers I was decent. <laughs> I didn't love hers. Okay, did you? Can you say Skimble Shanks again, please? Yeah, Skimble Shanks. <laughs> oh yeah, that's the, we should talk about some of the names of the cats in this movie. Rum Tug, Rum Tum Tugger, Grizabella, <laughs> Bustafer Jones. That's James Corden's character. Old Deuteronomy. And Victoria. Yeah, and Victoria, Grizabella, mm-hmm. a Bomborina. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a lot of great ones in this in this movie. So. <laughs> Um, okay, I think that's all the likes. So that's it. Short list. Guess we'll move on to the dislikes. Um, yeah, this movie's not good at all. (laughs) Just so like a lot of people say about this movie that it causes an uncanny valley, which if you don't know what that is, it's basically, um, like something looks weird and is off to you, but you can't like figure out why. (laughs) Um, and it just like gives you a sense of eeriness and like repulsion and things. And so like that has been said a lot about this movie is that it's weird that like the cats are CGI, but they have human faces and like they're moving like cats do, but it's a human face. Like that's just, and on Broadway it, uh, it works because like you're in the theater with them. It's also a costume on Broadway instead of CGI. So like it looks a little more real and you're like, this is a theater show. So I'm going to, you know, suspend disbelief for a little bit. Um, But in this movie, very hard to like enjoy it and just like off putting at various times throughout the film. Um, another, For sure. another dislike they, they advertised this, like Taylor Swift was going to be in the whole movie and she's in it for about four minutes. So uh, yeah, that was so stupid. Like I, I now consider myself, I'm not a full blown Swifty, but I am a fan mm-hmm. and I can only imagine these people that are so obsessed with her that are willing to stalk her and stuff. And we I can to only see imagine this, probably. how excited. Yeah. Yeah. They were like, Oh my gosh, T Swift. Yes. And she's in three or four minutes. I person I did not love her song. I don't think she's the worst um, singer in the world, but no. I already think she's definitely not the most classically trained, if that's a yeah. polite way to say that. But I definitely thought that this, um, I really want my sister-in-law to watch it because she's really good with music and as a music teacher, um, because I feel like this was not for her range. Like this was not made for what Taylor Swift is actually good at singing. Um, yeah. Anyway, I hated that. And then I thought like, I love what you said about that. What is the valley thing again? What's it called? The Uncanny Valley. Um, Uncanny Valley. That's clever. I've never heard of that. It's on Wikipedia, which, you know, we use for everything, says the concept Mm -hmm. suggests that humanoid objects, which imperfectly resemble actual human beings, provoke uncanny or strange, strangely familiar feelings of eeriness and revulsion in observers. So that's what that is. Because you... (laughs) You had said something before, before we started recording. You just said like this movie was unsettling. And I think that's mm-hmm. the perfect word. Everything about what was going on. I was like, I don't know what's off, but it's making me uncomfortable. 
Yeah. Also, but especially the CGI, I thought was so bad. And so I am not bad. a technical. <laughs> I'm not a technical person. Like I'm not good at telling you. Like if I go see Star Wars, I'm not going to notice if that if all that adds up. That's just not what I'm there for. I'm there. I will notice things more like acting or how the set looks or how the costumes look. But. I did want to point out, Jared, what bothers me almost more than anything are the inaccuracies with the body. Like there was a part. So the men and we're talking specifically genitalia. I think it's fair to say that word. Yeah. So the men do not have genitalia. And then James Corden at one point falls down and hits himself where something would be on your body. Yeah. And he he acts like, like he's joke hurt, about but it. I thought yeah. there's nothing there. What are you, what hurts? I don't get it. And, but that was like a blatant inaccuracy. That wasn't even something that you would have had to be like 30 years old to figure out. It was just weird. Well, and it's like, why, like the female cats, they have boobs, but like, why, right. if you're going to CGI everything, why put those in there? Like, you know, and like you'd have to CGI them in. <laughs> I also, if you, okay, so another thing that bothers me about that is like cats have multiple places to feed animals. Like they wouldn't just have two mm-hmm. um, teats, if you will. I don't know if they would be called teats, but either way, they wouldn't just have two either. So that was inaccurate as well. And I was like, are you trying to make these humans or cats? Pick yeah, one. Yep. And then just like, terrible. The, the thing with the CGI too, it's so bad, but you also think like, why didn't they just do like the Broadway production and make costumes for everybody and then just have them dress up? in the costumes you know what i mean like that's kind yeah. of one of the one of the you know things that gets said of the achievement of cats is the costumes of the broadway show and like how the performers perform in those heavy costumes with all that fur on and everything you know like yeah. just spend an extra 10 million and get some good costumes for everybody <laughs> and then we don't have to deal with the creepy cgi as much so yeah yeah and i think just overall this movie offended me in every 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 turn <laughs> But especially the lack of plot, like the plot, this was so simple, it was offensive. And it also didn't make any sense. Like, why do you yeah. even call them jellicles? There was never even an explanation about the why they're called jellicles. And they never called it heaven. But it's like obvious that that's what we're alluding to. Yeah. And then the the there was no acting required. And that was, I just think, why are you spending this much money? If you want this to be a bad movie, then do a made for TV movie, spend $10 million on it and call it a day. I mean, but this was just a waste. I don't know who the best actor was in this. Maybe Idris Elba. Like he was pr- okay, you know. Like I didn't nobody think was he was that great. great. Ian McKellen I was Ian pretty was my good. Favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably who I would say. And then, like at the end of the movie, like Idris Elba plays the villain, so he's trying to like get to the heavy side layer and prevent any of the good cats from getting there. But at the end of the movie, the cat that gets selected goes off on like a hot air balloon. And Idris Elba yep. jumps onto a rope and then like slips off the rope. And you're telling me a cat who can climb <laughs> up any and everything <laughs> known to man. Like if you own a cat, it'll climb on everything in your house. You're telling me this right. cat was not able to hang on to this rope and climb up it Apparently and get not. into the hot air balloon. Like I just thought when that happened that it was just so crazy that that's how, oh, he's defeated. How is he defeated? By trying to climb up a rope and he doesn't make it. Well, he's a cat. Like cats climb trees. They climb up those cat towers. They climb. I mean, that's what they do. They climb stuff. So yeah, that was just crazy ridiculous. To me. Also, my, it was just horrible. My oh, two excuse least, me. Two least favorite songs in the movie. Two least favorite performances had to be Rebel Wilson and James Corden. Oh, um, thank you. 
Just awful. Um, their songs I, weren't good and their acting was just very weird. Oh, I am glad you brought that up, though, because, yeah, Rebels was terrible. And I'm fine with her as a person. I think she's yeah. quite funny. But James Corden, I did get I did get excited when he showed up. I was like, oh, thank God. Ooh, there's a ray of hope. Yeah. And it didn't help anything. And he was the one that I was referring to where he fell and hit the fence. And I was like, this doesn't make any sense. And like but, okay. Jason Derulo, who I expected to not be great, was actually like better than yeah, those like two him. yeah so yeah. and he's not really an actor whereas those not two do all. more tv and acting stuff so yeah i i don't even know that it, i don't know that i would even consider that he's a good actor but i thought that he was good at that role like mm-hmm. i think that was a lot like what he's good at doing in music videos and the persona that he has on stage so yeah yep. i thought he was a good pick for that role yeah, yeah. yep and then like francesca hayward She's a good ballerina, but like that doesn't mean she's a good actress. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of right. like her facial expressions and stuff in this movie are just not great. And like how she reacts to things and stuff like that. So also yep. like a lot of the songs, like she's the new cat on the block or whatever. Like a lot of the mm-hmm. songs by like the second or third chorus, she'll like sing the chorus with all the other cats. And I'm like, how did you learn that song? You so quickly, <laughs> you heard one chorus and now you're good to go. Like that's all you needed to, to remember all the words to the chorus to sing it. So Yeah. Not good. Um, the I'm trying to think of like the most unsettling musical number. The the Rebel Wilson and James Corden's ones were not great. The Judy Dench one was also kind of weird because it was like I was gonna say you didn't like the Judy Dench no. one. And so one that I I didn't like it, but of course memories is the song that everyone yeah, knows from this musical. Iconic one. Jennifer Hudson, her voice is astounding. Mm. Like she is one of the best singers I think that's probably living. Yeah. And she did such a great job, knocked it out of the park with that song, but she's won an Oscar. And I would say her acting did not impress me. Like I felt like she just looked sad and worried the entire time. And I just thought this cat is dumb. I don't like this cat. Yeah. Um, my only other real dislike is the, the camera work is weird. And like the editing, like they use like a handy cam at some points, like and run up to the cats. And like when there's an empty street and all, and it's giant objects and there's no music playing and all that's on it is a cat. The last thing I need is weird camera angles to make me feel even more unset. I mean, mm-hmm. usually you use those to create like tension or a sense of, you know, like, doom or peril or like a you know a tense situation or something like that like i don't need more unsettling stuff thrown into a movie that's already unsettling so like just shoot it like a normal like you would a normal movie like just you know use some different cameras and quit trying to be creative with all these weird camera angles and like you know the camera will shake from time to time like running up to a cat the creepiest thing though is like when a song ends and all the cats are either like purring or they're just breathing very heavily like that was the, the creepiest thing I thought. Like there's multiple, there's like three or four times in the movie where they're just like the song will end and they're just like, <sighs> and you're like, why, why, why is this happening? Like, I don't, I don't get it. So yeah. Also like the most deserted street known to man, because like other than that one car, nothing, mm-hmm. nothing else ever drives down it or there's no people walking around or, you know, anything. So there. to recap, this movie was really bad. It was a waste yep. of time, money, a waste of people's acting skills, singing skills, dancing skills. It's terrible, and we don't recommend it. No, we sure don't. So that's going to be all of our <laughs> dislikes for cats. We're going to wrap it up because, you know, we don't need to talk about <laughs> we this. We don't want to waste your time. Oh, man. And, que- and honestly, we don't want to waste our time anymore with this. So if we're being honest. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, well, I'll go ahead and give it a grade, I guess. Uh, Please. This, I hard. can't wait. 
It's hard to come up with a grade because, like, you know, it's not very good. Um, I'm gonna give oh, it. A, I did. I'm gonna give it a twelve out of one hundred. <laughs> so, a twelve. Um, I like wow. I said, I liked the I liked the railway song. <laughs> I thought the Taylor Swift song. I kind of enjoyed that. I thought, like you said, the choreography in some parts was kind of cool. The sets were kind of interesting at times, but everything else I did not like. So I thought that that warranted a twelve out of one hundred. So yeah, I'm I'm not far behind. I'm not even gonna recap all the stuff I hated. I just I hated this movie. I will never get that time back in my life, and I resent when people do that to me. Um, I'm giving this a twenty. I'm going right in line okay. with the critics. It is by far, by far, by like fifty points, the worst grade I've ever given. Yeah, like we reviewed but the Jared, Goldfinch, which was also pretty bad, but like that scored in like well, the 50s for us. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was fine. But but Jared, it was a joy to discuss the movie with you and I appreciate that you went on this journey with me. I love the journey of the cats. So, so bad. So bad. Oh, we forgot to mention the f- the final thing they do at the end of the movie is they sing in unison, a cat is not a dog. Which is oh, correct. Yep. So also made just no. I'm like, why are we bringing dogs in. into this now? We haven't talked about dogs for two hours, and now we're going to talk about dogs. So yep, yeah. There's our grades: a 12 from me, a 20 from Katie for cats. So now you don't have to watch Perfect. it because we told you all about it. So if you yep. want to watch it, and I think too, one other thing is that this could have kind of like a cult following down the road, kind of like the Room does, or like Rocky Horror Picture Show, or like maybe. Uh. You yeah. would like go to a theater and see it with people, but like those are and good because like they're funny. Like this isn't even funny in any parts. Like there's no, no like jokes in this or anything. So, um, yeah, not good at all. So don't no. don't check out cats. Uh, next episode of the Silver Screen Podcast, we're going to continue our movies that we've never seen with a movie, uh, even a genre of movie that we don't really cover that much, and that's kind of more the uh, anime genre. Um, we're going to review Spirited Away from 2001 that yes. was released by Studio Ghibli um, and is supposed to be very good. I have never seen it, um, but I know that that is a very popular movie genre, um, but I've never really delved into it very much. So I'm excited to kind of expand my horizons and and watch that and go in with kind of an open mind. And I mean, it's got very good critics reviews and audience reviews and things like that. So. I'm definitely open to talking about this. And I think it'll be interesting to kind of talk about a a type of movie that we don't really discuss very often. Absolutely. This was referred when we asked for referrals um, a month or so ago. uh, Jeff, who's one of our favorite listeners, he suggested this. And honestly, anime is something that I've never been drawn to. I've tried to watch a couple and really didn't care for them. But I have heard wonderful things about this movie. And part of what Jared and I wanted to do, especially with this series of movies we've never seen, is to challenge ourselves to watch movies that might have intimidated us in the past. So I'm actually really looking forward to this one. And to depending on like what everybody else has said or like relying on their information, I think it's something I'm actually going to enjoy. Yeah. So that'll be our next episode of the silver screen podcast spirited away. And you can find the show on social media at podcast silver on Instagram and Twitter. And then just search the silver screen podcast on Facebook and you'll find our page and wherever you're listening, if you don't mind to leave us a rating and maybe a little review that definitely helps us out too. So we thank you for those. We've gotten a couple of those, which are always great. And then our next episode of the show, we will be talking about Spirited Away. Until next time, we'd like to thank the Academy. 